0: You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Time to Revive. My name is Mark Byrd. I will once again be your host today and joining me remotely today on the program all the way from beautiful downtown Columbus, Ohio, we have Ruth Edmonds. Ruth, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you, Pastor Mark, and greetings to you listening audience with Time to Revive.
1: Yeah, and as you guys hear me say, my goodness, there is never a more exciting time than today. And you know what I invited Ruth to talk about today? Listeners, you guys all know this. We're going to talk about Jesus today, right? Are you surprised? You shouldn't be. That's what we do week after week. And as you know, we have a different guest on every week. And also, you've heard me say this a thousand times at least. We just pray and say, Lord, Who do you want to have come and speak and share at this time? And so it's always for such a time as this. And Ruth, I can't think of a better person that God answered that prayer with than you. Ruth, tell our listeners, if you don't mind, a little bit about who you are. Ruth is with an organization called CCV. And Ruth, I'll let you tell a little bit about that and, and what your role is with CCV.
0: Great. Thank you. So CCV stands for the Center for Christian Virtue. Our initials remained the same, CCV, but formerly we were Citizens for Community Values, and we had been that name for about 37 years. But you know, as everybody else is coming out of the closet, yeah, <laughs> so right? it, it was our leadership's intention that we would also be very clear about who we are and what our character is. And so that's how we came to the Center for Christian Virtue. We are essentially the largest statewide Christian public policy organization in the state of Ohio, and quite frankly, in Midwest America. What that means is we, as a Family Policy Council, advocate for public policy That reflects the gospel, uh, the truth of the gospel. We, our issues that we advocate for are issues of life, issues of traditional family, and issues of religious freedom and liberty. Those are our three main advocacies. So really, the Church of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, is our constituency, and rightfully so, everyone else has a, a lobbyist or a representative at our state house. Right. We are specifically on the state level. So that's what Christians are. And it's exactly, we are fulfilling you know, the mandate. And, and, and I know we'll talk about that a little bit later. So I'll expand what I mean by that later. But we advocate for those issues. And so right now there are a few issues that we are advocating for at the state house. And um, one is a backpack bill, the other is um, saving adolescents from experimentation, and as well as we are opposing the advancement of medical marijuana bill because we know that they're really moving towards commercializing it and that's a gateway drug. So it's those kinds of issues. And of course we were the leading, one of the leading organizations for the heartbeat bill. Yeah, Um, And we are praying diligently that um, the US Supreme Court will overturn Roe v. Wade this year. And um, we are promoting a piece of legislation that once Roe v. Wade is overturned, that this particular bill, the state of Ohio will be a sanctuary city for babies there. It will be illegal to perform an abortion in the state of Ohio. Praise God. That's who we are, that's what we do. Specifically, my role is to engage the church, the yes. ecclesia, and to make the ecclesia aware in the state of Ohio that we exist. That's a tall order. I'm only one person. How do I do that? Well, I form partnership relationships with pastors, shepherds of God's church throughout the state of Ohio, and also paraministries, organizations such as Time to Revive, and we get the word out that CCV exists and we resource the body of Christ and we educate and we inform the body of Christ of what's happening. We are the body of crisis on board for uh, being engaged in impacting and influencing public policy to reshape the culture, which is in terrible strait right now in America. So that's, that's who we are and what we do. And we can talk a little bit more about a couple other portions of our organization as we, we go along, but that's the nutshell.
1: Yeah. And for the listeners who know us at all, you'll know exactly now why, hey, man, this was the right time. This was a, a perfect season to have Ruth on and to share. Now, I got to tell you how Ruth and I met. It was absolutely beautiful. We yeah. got both invited without knowing each other to a mm-hmm. prayer call with some ministry leaders from across the state. Uh, yeah. and, and Ruth and I were on a kind of a Zoom call prayer Time together. And then lo and behold, we decided that we were going to come together in person and pray in Columbus That's and right. do this. And of course, as it were, and it wasn't planned by us, but it was planned by God. The Holy yeah. Spirit put us together, Ruth and I, and that first prayer time together, I don't know, our hearts just ignited and united. Yeah. And ever since Ruth has been inviting me to come to mm-hmm. Columbus to the State House ever since and to pray over our lawmakers Mm -hmm. and over the state house and over our great state of Ohio here. And what a privilege and an honor it has been. And so we have began to network with each other and through each other's networks. And I said, you know, it's time for me to bring Ruth in and introduce her to our network as well. And so this is how the body of Christ unites. This is how we work together. This is how we pray together. This is how we're going to see revival. All that being said, Ruth, congratulations, because you're helping me launch the new series. As I mentioned, we've been doing this podcast for four years now, Mm -hmm. and now we're getting ready to flip the page and go into a new series. And, you know, we've been talking about evangelism. We've been talking Mm -hmm. about doing that as a lifestyle. We've been talking about discipleship because that is the Great Commission, But now I'm going to expand it and broaden it just for a minute. And you probably heard sermons where the pastor says, you know what, encouraging us, we need to fulfill the Great Commission. You know, that's Mm -hmm. what Jesus's heart is. But I'm going to expand that just a little bit further and include another word. And it Mm -hmm. may flip you guys out at first, I'll be honest, Mm -hmm. but I want you to hear me out as I introduce this. Yes, we're called to fulfill the Great Commission. So did you ever consider that we're called to finish the Great Commission? Now, what does that look like? Now, when you first hear it, you might think, well, you don't know when the end is, and you're right, I don't. And Jesus even said that nobody knows the end, not even the Son, but the Father knows. But here's what I'm saying. I'm saying this in my scripture text for the day and for this series, is out of Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14, and Mm -hmm. it says, Jesus speaking, and the gospel of this kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. We don't know when the end's going to come, but Mm -hmm. I do know this, Ruth, we better get the gospel preached to all nations. Amen. And that's how I'm saying, how do we help finish this thing? Not yeah. that. Okay. Let me, let me have a little asterisk on here, Ruth. Not that I'm saying for all of us that we don't have loved ones, family, relatives that need to repent and, and receive Christ. I get this, but it's really up to God when this happens. And, you know, the Bible talks about look up because your redemption draweth nigh and all I want to do is keep my eyes fixed upon Jesus as my author and the finisher of my life, of mm-hmm. my faith, Ruth. But you know, uniquely, let's turn it back, Ruth, to what you guys do, what your mission is mm-hmm. as an organization, but even more, a little bit more personally, Ruth, because you and I've had some conversations and I know your mm-hmm. heart. We've had lunch a couple of times too with some groups yeah. and yeah. and I know your heart. And so part of the intriguing part from my position and my space here is to introduce you and let the listeners hear Mm -hmm. your heart. And they'll be like, Hey, you know what? I need to check out the CCP more, which I think (laughs) is great because we're all working together Mm
0: -hmm. to help
1: fulfill that great commission. But yeah. And is it really possible that Mm -hmm. we might someday get to see the finishing of it, Ruth?
0: Yeah, um, so I'll start with you ask, you know, is it really possible? The state of Ohio is the only state in the nation whose motto is, with God, all things are possible. We're the only state in the nation that has a scripture as a motto, and we are, in fact, the heart of it all. Um, God does have his eye on Ohio. So the question is, is it possible? Absolutely, it's possible. Because it's not by our might, it's not by our power, but it is by his spirit. And what happened in the beginning was God finished the work and then he began it. You know, he, he, he did everything good. up seven days and then he came back and then he put man in it and he said, okay, now occupy, you know, take dominion, occupy, rule and govern. And that's the finishing of it. And so that's what we are called to do. That's why God has ordained and foreordained the work of the Center for Christian Virtue is to occupy and to take dominion and to govern on the government mountain, And that's what we are doing. We also have as a, a parts of the CCV family or the work, we have some initiatives. We have the Church Ambassador Network, which is what I lead. And then we have the Ohio Christian Education Network. That's the education mountain. And so we engage with Christian churches and home Christian homeschoolers. We have the Christian Business Partnership. That's the business mountain, the mountain of of economy. And we engage with Christian business owners. Because in this day and age, how they operate their business, how they're able, you know, insurances, do they, are they required to offer? And are some of those procedures operating against their own consciousness? So we advocate for Christian businesses. And then, so we've got the church, we've got education, we've got business, mountains that we are called to advocate for as well as the government mountain. And so this is called the work. This is the finishing work. It is, we are saved for the purpose of bringing his kingdom come and his will being done in the earth. And he said that the increase of his government and peace, there would be no end. And so, you know, that's what we are doing. Um, We are establishing it in the earth. And so we should be looking at, what we're doing, the body of Christ, the ecclesia should be asking this question, you know, am I being a part of the finishing work? And if you're not yet, that's okay. No condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. Let's just find that opportunity and get busy about being the work, about doing the work that we are called to do. So, You know, CCV, um, the Center for Christian Virtue, statewide organization, we are reaching the body of Christ, the ecclesia from throughout the state of Ohio, and we are engaging, Uh, we are inviting you to come in and to be a part of this finishing work of helping to, you know, shift the culture by influencing public policy. Because right now, culture is influencing the public policy. That we are seeing the bills that we are seeing come up in the state legislature. We're asking, why are we trying to establish sexual orientation as a protected class? That's Amen. a choice. Women don't have a choice of being a woman. I don't care what anybody says. And you know, as a brown-skinned woman, I want to say to you know, my new Supreme Court justice. Justice Brown, we need to go back to school because there is a way to define what a woman is. Okay. God says what it is, what she is. Okay. And so this is the finishing work and we shouldn't be afraid to get involved with it because, you know, it's like the talent, you know, God gives us, he's given us resources and he's given us opportunities. And when he comes back, he doesn't want to see the church say, oh, well, we knew that you'd be upset if we got involved in all that worldly stuff because you told us not to. He's going to say, you know, I'm a jealous God, And, you know, I told you to go to the highways and the byways. I sent my son Jesus and that's where he was. He spent more time in the highways and the byways than he did in the synagogues. You're supposed to follow his example. So oh, God. God is going to hold us accountable for what we do with the grace and the authority and the favor and the resources that he gives us. And now is the time. Oh my gosh, there's never been a greater time in the earth than now for the sons of God to rise up because the whole earth is groaning and waiting for us. And we are to be salt and light. And that's the finishing work. So, you know, I'm excited about This time in this season, even though it seems dark, it's when times are the darkest that the light shines the brightest. It's hard. It's hard for light to shine in great darkness, but it's not impossible because it's not by our might and it's not by our power, but it's by his spirit and he will get it done. And he wants to get it done through us and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it.
1: Amen and friends I think it doesn't take long for you to realize why Ruth and I hit it off so well and those yeah. of you that know me at all you're like mm-hmm. well that could have been Mark Bird saying the same thing easily but I mm-hmm. love it because we are of the same spirit yeah. right and uh, and yeah. you guys just heard it but what it brings to my mind Ruth is the little song and we mm-hmm. maybe just think of it as a little yeah. ditty but this little light of mine And what you said Mm -hmm. reminds me of an analogy I heard recently, Ruth, and that is this, that when you're in a pitch dark room, Mm. you cannot see anything because there's the complete absence of light. Here's my question. How much light does it take to pierce that darkness?
0: It only takes a mustard seed.
1: It does.
0: Just a mustard seed. That's it to pierce. And once you crack that darkness... It's just like I was saying to someone, you know, imagine on your car windshield, you get that little, you know, that little tiny crack and you don't think anything of it. And then, you know, week goes by, you don't think anything of it. And then all of a sudden, one day you come outside and there's a whole line of crack going down there. So we don't know at what point our little life is going to be that crack you know it's God we plant the seeds we water but it's God who gives the increase so don't despise the small beginnings be that little tiny little light you know because it is powerful it's dunamis that light is dunamis because it's the glory of the Lord and it will not be denied it will grow it will grow
1: And if you aren't excited, you know, I love it, Ruth, that you use that word because I say it every single week. But I love you said that you're excited, too, because these are exciting times. And, you know, most people will say in agreement, whether or not you're even a believer, they'll say, well, these are sure perilous times, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. believers and non-believers will agree with that. But we as believers, you know what? These are exciting times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's when we are at our best. Yeah, the and you know, Ruth, is-
1: I'm thinking like if I let my little light shine and you let your little light shine and we combine them together, mm, Ruth, all yeah, of a sudden that yeah. light gets brighter.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Exponential. Yes. Exponential. Yeah, and that's, that's the
1: multiplication true. factor of the Lord, right? That's right. So I'm reminded, I want to share this story real quick, Mm -hmm. Ruth, with the listeners, because most people may not have heard this, but back when I was pastoring in the first community that Revive came to back in 2016, the Lord gave me a scripture and the, the community that I was serving in, I was pastoring in, they selected me to head up this kind of movement to get revival going in our community. And it was so crazy because I went to prayer. Of course, I took it to prayer immediately and the Lord gave me a scripture and boy, I did not understand this, Ruth. You don't probably hear this quoted a lot, but Mm -hmm. nevertheless, the Lord gave it to me and and I had to swallow that pill first. And then I had to share it with my brothers and sisters. Right. And it is out Mm -hmm. of Proverbs 11 and it's also verse 11. And here's Mm -hmm. what it says by the blessing of the upright the city is exalted,
0: wow. but
1: it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Mm, so and so true. the Lord asked me, honestly, yeah. Ruth, and he's speaking to me as a He said, so is your city mm. exalted by the upright, or I'll say the righteous, okay. or is your city overthrown by the mouth of the wicked? And so then God Follow that up with this question to me. Who's speaking on behalf of your city? Is it the pastors, the churches, or is it the drug dealer in your community? Mm. I said, Mm. that's a hard pill to swallow. Mm. But then I had to ask my brothers and sisters that. And, you know, obviously we ate a little Mm. piece of humble pie together, Mm. but then Mm. we decided we've got to unite and we've got to become the voice that yeah. God's calling us to do to fulfill and hopefully maybe finish yeah. the great commission. I'll go f- over real quickly to one more proverb here. Ruth yeah. that is tied to this. This is Proverbs 14:34. Mm-hmm. Righteousness exalts a nation, mm-hmm. but sin is a reproach to any people. Mm-hmm. And once again, will we and Ruth, I'm so thankful for you and CCV and all that you guys are doing because you're making a stand for righteousness mm-hmm. sake. Yeah. And you're saying we don't want to be a reproach yeah. especially to our creator. We yeah. don't want to be a people that fall asleep on our watch.
0: Yes.
1: You exactly. know Ruth, we're it's our watch. You know yes, our children, is. our grandchildren mm-hmm. Like Mm -hmm. we're going to be responsible for the nation that we pass on. And Mm -hmm. are we going to do this and take a stand for righteousness Mm -hmm. or are we going to let sin just make us a reproach? Wow. And so Ruth, I just want the listeners to hear that as a challenge, not as a discouragement, but listen, there are people like you, there are organizations like yours that are out there trying to make the church, the big C church, aware okay. of yes. what's going on so that we can unite yes. and fulfill yes. and finish the Great Commission.
0: Absolutely. That's really, really great. You know, the ways in which we help facilitate that, you know, First Timothy 2, 1 and 2 kind of follows behind those two Proverbs scripture that says, we are to pray for those who are in authority and when we do it will bring about the peace of you know peace and unity in our communities and that's fulfilling you know the great commission and so we do bring as you talked about earlier pastors and you know lay ministers and and just intercessors to the state house to pray we have worship in the atrium and we pray we pray for for legislators. We pray over the legislators who come through. It's important because they are shepherds of God's government and God put them there. Romans 13, one tells us that God puts them there. And so why wouldn't we be praying over them? Why wouldn't we be, you know, strengthening them? Why wouldn't we be helping their, um, you know, iron sharpening iron why wouldn't we do that? It matters not what their party affiliation is. It matters not whether they are saved or not saved because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that God places those in authority. And so we should be praying, if they're not saved, we can be praying, God, just save them. You know, We can be, <laughs> if, if they are saved, God, strengthen them. Give them you know, the strength and the, the tenacity to, to persevere we can be praying for legislation. It, it's not about the politics. It's about the, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As it concerns civic government and who's running the government. I wanna share also encouragement just today it came out that you when know, we talk about our culture, there was a situation down in a university, um, I think it was Shawnee State down in Southern Ohio, where a professor was challenged to call one of his one of his students by their preferred pronoun well this was a biological male and the professor had always acknowledged his his students as yes sir um, yes ma'am by sir or ma'am or called them by their last name well this particular student Challenged the professor and said, I want you to call me by my preferred pronoun. And the professor just could not do that in good consciousness. Amen. And the university required, was commanding the professor to do this or he would be fired. Well, this professor stood his ground. His consciousness was more important than that paycheck. Come on. And as a result, He came to CCV, Center for Christian Virtue. And we are connected with the largest nonprofit legal organization, Christian legal organization that defends Christians, the Alliance Defending Freedom. And together, we assisted this professor. And it was just announced today that that professor has prevailed. The the Sixth Circuit Court has upheld the ruling that the university cannot require this professor to use a pronoun that the professor feels like is against his consciousness. That's why we have to have organizations like CCB and why the body of Christ, you know, should be empowered to know that you have rights and liberties. We all do, we all have them. And it's our responsibility in finishing the work to stand strong and to not bow and to not bend to bail. And Babylon, but we are to stand strong and to be of a good courage, because in the end, the truth shall make us free.
1: Well, Ruth, and I can't help but think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? That refused yeah. to bow their knee to the law mm-hmm. of the land because yeah. it was against what yeah. God has commanded us, and I can't help to think about that. And Christians, those of you that may be thinking, "Oh my, my." separation of church and state I don't even know if we want' to even go there Ruth but you know what I'm saying so you, you yeah, look at absolutely. that example of those three Hebrew folks and like they stood they stood for God absolutely. and didn't didn't take a knee
0: right right you know just quickly about this separation of church and state coming up to holy you know to to Resurrection Sunday Good Friday it's a federal holiday. Why is that a federal holiday? You know, because there really is no separation of church and state. That is not a legally standing position. Christmas. Okay. Right. Um, That's what I wanted
1: to to have said, Ruth. It is not.
0: Right. It is not within the Constitution. And so, you know, we, the people, (laughs) you know, the Declaration of Independence, you know, it said that we are creating this this nation, because we are endowed by our creator with inalienable rights. And among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So our founding fathers did not think that we should have freedom from religion, but it's freedom of religion, that we should be free to exercise our consciousness and our faith values in our life, whether we are at work, or whether we are at in the community, when we are at home, we should have the liberty. Everyone should have the liberty and the freedom to exercise their faith values in their life. Freedom of religion, not freedom from religion. And so we want the church to no longer be underneath that spell, be up underneath that false narrative. Because if we exit ourselves from the marketplace, From the town square, who's going to take the place but the enemy? That doesn't make sense. Why would God allow the enemy to take control when the word of the Lord says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof in the world and they that dwell therein? It belongs to us. It doesn't belong to the enemy. So we have to be engaged. We have to be mindful. And how do we do that? We are prayerful. If my people who are called would humble, pray. seek my face, turn, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. God cares about our land. He cares about civil government. He cares about how we live. And he has called us to be his agents, his hands, his feet, his heart, his eyes, his mouthpieces in the earth to bring his kingdom come and his will be done.
1: And I'm hearing this question right now, Ruth. Well, is God really calling us to do this? Remember these words, go and possess the land. Remember what he oh, told wow. Adam and Eve, be yeah. fruitful and multiply and subdue mm-hmm. the earth, right? Yes. So yes. if that's not the will of God, then he's got a couple of apologies to make, which he mm-hmm. doesn't because he owns it, but yes. he gave us that authority. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. And greater works. Come Shall on. we do. Shall we on, do? So we do. You know, good. Jesus did a lot. He did a lot. He upset the apple cart. He turned over the table of the money changers. You know, as a matter of fact, he was crucified because for a political purpose, he was declaring that he was the son of God. He was the Messiah. Yes. And that was heresy. That was against the order, you know, because the Caesars were the gods, not you, man, you know, right. You know, the whole his whole purpose for coming was to upset that civil government, the the philosophy and the inerrant thinking of the civil government at that time, because he is government. He's the ultimate order. And we've got to get back to his order.
1: And I'm just thinking, Ruth, the government shall be upon his shoulders. So yeah. that's about that is about as close to the Lord as you can get. Right. Yeah, thinking about that. But I just love and appreciate you sharing your heart because you're obviously extremely passionate about it. And I just see so clearly, Ruth, how what you're saying and all of your passion, all this wrapped up, I see how it goes toward fulfilling and finishing the Great Commission because he said, go into all the world. He didn't say, go into all the world, but man, stay away from the government. No, he said the government is upon his shoulders.
0: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, this is all a yeah, part of
1: going into yeah, all the world, Ruth. Yeah,
0: yeah. As much as we are the church, the church is not an organization. Come on. We are the church, the big C church. Just as much as we are the big C church, we are also the government. We the people. Come we on. are the government. And so you don't give away something that you are. You nurture it, you protect it, you preserve it, you create an inheritance, you know, for the next generation with it. And that is why, you know, we're here. We are to steward this great land. Oh, I love this that. Wonderful land that God has given us. You know, we say things like, God bless America. Absolutely. But America should bless God too. It's a two-way relationship. When you're married, it's two-way. You know, it's not one way, it's two-way. And so. God has favored this nation, favored us. And um, we're the, the greatest country in the world. We should not undervalue that. There are people in Ukraine right now fighting for their lives, for their country. And there are people literally dying to get into our country. Why? Because they recognize the freedoms and the liberties that we have. And those are given to us by God. God gave us that. And our constitution supports those inerrant rights of, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that's why people come here. It is for the opportunities. You know, we see oppression, they see opportunities. And, um, you know, we, we really have to pray and ask God to show us give us clarity of how we're thinking about our citizenship in this country. It is significant right now that the body of Christ understands its obligation to the, to being engaged citizens in our country, because we are the lighthouse.
1: Yeah, Ruth, and you know, time is flying, but I have to say, because there's somebody out there listening and say, oh man, this is way too political. And I want to say this, you know what? Our candidate has been crowned and named the King of Kings mm. and the Lord of Lords. Mm. Like that's who our candidate is. Yeah. yeah. If if that if you want to call that political, you can, but he yeah. is our righteousness.
0: Yes, he so, is. So
1: man, sis, wow. I can't be more thankful to have you on, to let the listeners hear your heart, hear your passion for Christ and hear for the body of Christ too. Like, listen, we're in this together and we've got to spur one another on to love and good works. That's what this is all about. I pray that you have some encouragement. I pray that you got some fire in your belly today right? Because that's what we need to do to continue to spread the love and the fire of God. The Bible says the zeal of God has consumed me. It burns within my soul.
0: It's a fire that
1: cannot be quenched. Thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure and join us again next week. We'll have another guest and uh, hopefully we're still on fire then too. (laughs) You've been listening to Time to Revive.
0: Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Rise FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at risefmohio.com. The Rise FM Podcast Network.